0: Welcome to Healthy Brain, Happy Body, a podcast from the Northeast Region Biofeedback Society. I'm your host, Dr. Saul Rosenthal. We're talking with some of the speakers coming to the 2022 NRBS conference, where the focus is stress, anxiety, and burnout. Today, our guide to the healthy brain and happy body is Michael Cohen. Michael is a long-term neurofeedback provider and innovator. He also authored a terrific book on the subject for all audiences called Neurofeedback 101, rewiring the brain for anxiety, ADHD, depression, and beyond without medication. Michael and I continued the conversation I had in the previous episode with Dr. Robert Turner about the effects of electric magnetic fields, like Wi-Fi, on our health. I also asked Michael about his very personal introduction to our field. So you actually, you came to the field in a very uh, personal way. And I'm wondering if you can tell us your origin
1: story. So my dad was diagnosed with severe depression or agitated depression. I can look back on it now after 26 years and know that would be called psychotic depression now. But nonetheless, he was seeing the head psychiatrist at Vanderbilt Medical School in Tennessee and had gone through every med, had gone through shock therapy, and he was still completely – he had retired at like 77, and so he was – completely consumed and that consuming he couldn't read, he couldn't watch TV, you couldn't really have a conversation with him. He was just agitated all the time. And so what do you do? You know, we were basically said after the see, the shock therapy didn't work. Okay, you're probably gonna have to consider institutionalizing him. Instead, I learned someone told me inadvertently about neurofeedback. I started researching it. It was like, how come everybody hasn't heard of this? I called, frankly, a bunch of psychologists and a couple of MDs around the country and go, does this really work? And they were nice enough because the people in our field are nice to talk to me. And it was like, okay, we're going to try this. And I got convinced my mother to go to the closest place, which was six hours away and go for 10 days. So I went up on the sixth day because I was working in, in Atlanta. And it was about two hours from me. And I went up on the sixth day and walked in while he was doing two twice a day training. And he turns around and says, so Mike, how's it going? I was like, okay, that's different. That has not been happening. And so that was really the launch of a journey that has been never ending. Like many people in the field of neurofeedback, if you get into this and you realize what you've got, it's hard to let go when you realize the kind of impact you can have on people's lives. And that's and
0: that certainly, you've worked with probably thousands of people at this point. Yeah. Now, in October, you're going to be talking with us about uh, EMFs, electromagnetic fields. What is an electromagnetic field and, and how does it impact our health?
1: So I'm going to focus for the moment on the simple ones that everybody is most aware of, which is wireless. We are surrounded by wireless technology, which are microwaves. So when you hold your phone against your head, you are are putting your head on a microwave generator. Very few of us would say, I'm going to stick my head in a microwave oven. However, we don't think twice about putting a microwave generator against our head. And in fact, we assume that the low level microwaves that are being produced have no clinical or health effect. In fact, there are thousands of studies dating back to the 40s and 50s and 60s and beyond that exist. But you know how studies are, they get buried. And unless there is a large organization promoting them, which for some reason, the tech companies in the wireless world don't promote the research that suggests there might be some health effects. I don't know why that is. Hmm. I guess that's not their primary interest. So The question is how many neurofeedback people and other health providers are aware of this research? And the answer is very few. So Dr. Turner has done a huge deep dive into, uh, who's a neurologist, into what the health effects are. He has literally hundreds of studies that he's accumulated, and I've got hundreds also. But the clinical effect on your brain Actually, on your heart and on your microbiome, but we're focused on the brain. That there's some research that shows it increases calcium ions flowing across cell membranes in the brain. Well, gee, that makes your brain a little more hyperexcitable. Does anybody want somebody with anxiety or chronic pain or sleep issues to be slightly more (laughs) hyperexcitable neurons? I don't think so. And we're having these effects. He and Jake Unckelman have kind of commented that they're seeing far more excessive beta spindling than they've ever seen in years past. So there's all these implications, but it really comes down to what are microwaves? They're things that even at low levels affect your brain. They're a constant stream of artificial information, uh, artificial signaling. If you were sleeping out in the woods with nothing around you, would you sleep better? Most people kind of intuitively know the answer to that is yes. They just don't know moving their phones and turning off their router can have big impacts.
0: So, so most of, of, at least what I've read, uh, and I think is available to the public about EMFs uh, in terms of health, relates to whether they're carcinogenic. Uh, but you're actually talking about something that might be a little bit more
1: subtle uh, and maybe even more far-reaching. Anxiety, right. sleep, migraines, exacerbating seizure activity. Think of it as it is, there are four studies that show that 20 minutes or less of exposure to a cell phone changes the EEG, okay? Those are published studies, but they don't know what the effects of changing those EEGs are, so probably it's good for your brain, right? Because it's changing your EEGs, probably changing it for the better? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So, we're we're only getting the snippets that are being, I don't want to say allowed out, but that are just eking their way out. But the fundamental implications are: if you've got sleep issues, if you've got anxiety, if you've got cognitive issues or processing issues, you've got mood, and you are sleeping near your phone, all of these signals affect your brain and affect anything that we as neurofeedback people are dealing with. So when people move their phones eight to 10 feet away, so when people start to reduce the amount of exposure to their wifi router at nighttime and you see improvements in migraines, you see improvements in anxiety, you see improvements in sleep and you see that on multiple clients from multiple clinicians, it's very clear when you're doing your feedback, when you're providing other support to these clients, is educating them about the potential that this is impacting their brain important, and that's what we're going to be talking about at the NRBS
0: and in particular, you're going to be focused on sleep in your talk. Uh, could you tell us a little about that now? Uh, how does it affect sleep to? So many people sleep with their phones. I work with a lot of adolescents and trying to separate them from their phones even at night is is a task. I, I've already talked to, can talk to them about the blue light and the frequency. They all know that already. So what can I tell them about other,
1: uh, other frequencies and other um, fields? So the way I tend to approach it with those kids is because they don't want to hear it. They grow up with this and they think it's completely okay. I just say, look, We've seen this affect people's sleep, their mood, and how tired they are during the day. Many, many, many kids, if you ask them, are you experiencing tiredness during the day, they are, which is representative of poor sleep quality. We don't always identify it. We go, I sleep fine, but I'm tired through the day. Okay, that's a problem. So I indicate to them that if they want to make sure that they continue with their anxiety, with being tired all day and with having troubles potentially going to sleep or staying asleep, but often it's more the tired during the day that you see with this age group, then they should definitely sleep with their phone and make sure they have it with them all the time because it's going to be, really make sure that it'll work, help their make their mood worse, their anxiety worse and their sleep worse. And that's great if they want to continue with that. But those are the fundamentals. And when I have now kids and, teenage, and, and young adults from age 15 to 22, 25, who've actually made the decision to move their phone away, who tell me, I'm doing better. Before, frankly, I did any neurofeedback. But you don't get many of them to do it, but you get some.
0: Right. So in, in at least a few that you see, you, you're getting an impact.
1: And more importantly, Dr. Turner, who has a more neurological population, has identified and will show some pre- and post-EEGs of of families who have stopped or dramatically reduced EMFs. And what's the before and after? You need to see that. It's pretty impressive. Several different EEGs. I was blown away.
0: I think the closest I've come is is, um, I brought a phone to the EEG machine and have them call, or I call it, and you can see the change in what the machine's picking up. And so I'll talk about how that's that's. Imagine this is your brain. I mean, this is what's happening.
1: Absolutely, I have a little meter here. It's not such a little is, but this is the best biofeedback device that I've had in years. I don't even tell them initially about the uh, their signals. I just say, Do "You have a phone." They go, "Yeah." I go, do you see this number at the top? Right. By the way, the number at the top is the how, how much microwave energy. So right now in my office, in my office where I'm at, it's 3.0. Okay. When they put their phone, I say, just watch that number. And they put their phone near it, and it goes up to 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. Now we have the point of having a conversation. So a visual feedback system is actually become quite important as a part of my ex of their self exploration
0: so e m f it's you you think it's disrupting sleep in part because it's hyper exciting the brain, and so you're seeing more of this beta
1: spindling
0: or is it also there is that is to?
1: a mechanism so there are several scientists who are describing different mechanisms mm-hmm. so certainly one of them, which is producing more calcium across the cell membrane constantly under exposure is not good. We know that the EEG, there are some changes in the EEG, just as you has to have described for your own experience. Uh, third, there is an increase in oxidative stress. This is according to some animal research, increase in oxidative stress and cytokines, which is famous in Uh, COVID world because it's a type of inflammatory marker. So all of those things are occurring. And what is you supposed to occur at nighttime? You are supposed to get restorative sleep by having your brain detox. It's the critical time for your brain to clear itself of the exposures we have in the world. And if we're disrupting that in any of those ways, you are now becoming less efficient and you are far more susceptible to either being tired, having inflammatory processes that we know are related to depression and many other things. So it's way more complicated and we'll talk a little more in a better framework about that during our talk.
0: As a clinician, what would you suggest I do or that other clinicians do to to assess what's going on but also maybe to
1: intervene? Assessment is really asking questions without them being defensive. So most therapists and psychologists excel in that or at least learn to excel in that. I think understanding it even better, you know, I'm just giving you a little bit, understanding it better gives you more both authority and comfort in being able to have a conversation with parents, with the kids, engaging them in the process. But it it really isn't a question of is this affecting them? It's affecting you. you. Do you have a cell phone near you during the day? You do, okay? It's more critical at night. So your nervous system becomes more sensitive at night. There are people who are being affected during the day for sure. It's not a maybe, but the nighttime is particularly important. So ha- giving just some really simple things to do is step one because you're not going to get these families and kids to do everything at once. Move your phone away, turn off the router. They can, if they accomplish that, you've achieved a huge amount. If they've just moved the phone away, that is a plus. The blue light, we're going to get into the blue light stuff too, because it, it is more impactful than we're thinking. And there are some limitations to using blue light blockers. So you have to understand, well, what is the bo- best mechanism for actually helping deal with that? It's combinations of things.
0: So what is one thing people should take from this talk?
1: What can I do to reduce my exposure to Wi-Fi is really the underlying thing. Whether that means never hold a cell phone against your head. Number two, you know, and it's move phone away, eight to 10 feet away. And three, turn off router. I mean, if you take those and you take nothing else, well, you can just listen to this talk and you're fine. But really, it has so many implications that the more educated you are, the more able you are to talk, even you know, to these technical parents who go, well, I don't think this matters. You've got to feel comfortable being able to have a little more of a discussion. And it's not that hard to learn that.
0: So I would, I would guess then that something like Bluetooth is not going to uh, protect you from the, the problem.
1: Bluetooth is wireless. And if you measure it with the little meter, it's 20% less bad, but okay, just one little note in the animal research, uh, DNA strands break at a constant exposure of 10,000 microwatts per square meter. And a cell phone call against your head is generally between 20 and 50,000.:
0: You've been listening to Healthy Brain Happy Body, a production of the Northeast Region Biofeedback Society. Go to Nrbs.org to find out more about the organization, including our trainings, monthly webinars and yearly conference. I'm your host, Dr. Saul Rosenthal, and our guide today to the Healthy Brain and Happy Body was Michael Cohen. Michael is an expert in neuromodulation for complex cases and the author of Neural Feedback 101, Rewiring the Brain for Anxiety, ADHD, Depression, and Beyond Without Medication. Learn more about him and his work at the Center for Brain. That's centerforbrain.com. You can also learn more about Michael and the impact of EMFs at the NRBS annual conference. Remember, you can join us with a discount virtually on October 21st and 22nd by registering with the code HAPPYLISTENER at nrbs.org. Subscribe to this podcast by clicking the subscribe here link in the show notes or wherever you get your podcasts. We really want to hear from you. Be part of the ongoing conversation by contacting us with your thoughts, ideas, and questions at healthybrain at nrbs.org. Leave us reviews as well, It really helps podcasts like this one reach more listeners. Healthy Brain, Happy Body is produced and edited by me. The theme music is Catch It by Coma Media. Be sure to join us on our next episode as we continue to explore the keys to our well-being on Healthy Brain, Happy Body.